This is the Action Network Podcast. And this one is good. What up? And welcome to the Action Network Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your NFL Week 15 betting preview with odds courtesy of BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network Podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my Action Network colleague and the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky. But before I kick it to you, Stuck, I just want to give our listeners a heads up right off the top here. As most of you have seen by now, COVID-19 outbreaks are just tearing through the NFL at the moment, which means way more uncertainty in the betting market. We've got some crazy line moves. We've got some games off the board. It's just wild right now. So because of that, Stucky and I are going to do things a little bit different this week. And it's a good news, bad news situation. The bad news is we won't be doing a full Sunday six pack today. The good news is we will be releasing an extra bonus episode on Friday afternoon. On today's show, we will still give out six picks. Each of us will give a favorite side, total, and teaser. We'll also do a Moneyline dog, and we will still cover every game, survivor picks, all that good stuff. Uh, just won't finalize the Sunday six-pack, but you'll get a second bonus episode that will drop Friday after we get more news, more player availability, uh, all that good stuff. So again, Stucky and I will have two episodes this week. So be on the lookout for our week 15 Sunday six pack in full bonus episode on Friday afternoon. Stuck, what's going on? And that one will just be 15 to 20 minutes and it'll include our favorite side that we're going to give out today. One of our favorite sides and then two other ones. We'll recap. I'm ready to move on to week 15. It was probably the most torturous Sunday I've ever had in my entire life betting NFL. I mean, I was at the Ravens game. The only thing that really could have caused me pain was them to win by one or two because I laid two and a half for a lot of money. And I'm obviously a Ravens fan. They're 21 at one point and Lamar Jackson gets hurt. I guess it's fitting. I lost another backup quarterback this time up 21. You know, the Browns just basically said my whole handicaps are going to be able to throw it whenever they want. And then the Browns just said, okay, we're playing a backup. Um, Let's just run the ball and they didn't step on their throat. Then everything possible went wrong. And I told people that I was sitting with that also had the Browns. So the Ravens are going to win by two. I mean, the Browns are going to win by two now. When there was a 15-point game at the end of the third quarter, and the Browns shanked a field goal off the post. Then you had a Baker Mayfield interception field goal, cut it to 15. Browns field goal miss. Then the third and 11 late hit. Unbelievable call. Ravens got to score a touchdown. And as I tweeted out, I said, here's what's going to happen. Ravens are going to score a touchdown. They're not going to get the two because they're going to go for the two. And they did. So it was a nine-point game. And what that means is the Browns aren't going to try anymore because they're up two possessions. Then the Ravens get a fourth and 11, a fourth and four. I mean, you name it. And the worst part is I'm sitting in the stadium and I'm watching Tucker's about to go out because they're down nine. So they're down a field goal and a touchdown. He's made a 55-yarder or 54-yarder. And they decide to pull him back and go for it on fourth and four. And they get another conversion and they throw a bomb down to the one-yard line. Um, then they obviously get the onside kick and then don't get the fourth down and can't score for me to win the game. So then I go back to my friends and now uh, we have a huge bet on the Bills plus three and a half. Down 21 also. They come all the way back. And I guess it was fitting that I lose another overtime game uh, with a dog catching more than three. So, yeah, very frustrating day. But it's an NFL season. Like the variance is very high in one single NFL season. If the overtime games, if the two-point conversions aren't going your way for a couple Sundays, you're going to feel it. So all you can do is keep marching on. That Bills game was kind of unbelievable in the sense of like, I feel like that's happened a few times now where a team has like not the first possession and still wins by a touchdown. Like the odds yeah. of that happening are just. I had the Cowboys on was my other one of my contest picks this year. Plus, I mean, the Patriots plus four and a half against the Cowboys got the ball first. And then the Cowboys scored a 50 yard touchdown, almost the same exact play. Yeah. I mean, you think that's, that's kind of how the, you know, the books make money. It's, you know, those, those three and a half with the hook is because you get to overtime in those kind of games. I, I feel your pain. I knew that was a tough one for you. So I'm not even going to, yeah, not going to talk about it. It's been my best year of closing line value ever in the NFL. And that's a huge, it's more NFL more so than any other sport. The reason we always talk about closing line value, there are groups that are betting hundreds of thousands of dollars on NFL games. Some, some on Sunday, 
uh, when limits open up <clears throat> closer to the weekend, this is the most efficient betting market in the world. Like lines when they close are going to be really efficient. One year in the past 20 has the opening line been more efficient than the closing line. And again, there's a lot of variance in one NFL season this year. So far, the opening line has been more efficient than the closing line. Think about all the times where we've had the, you know, against the Cardinals or the Cowboys with the backup quarterback comes in the line swings seven points and then it doesn't matter. So it's been a very odd year. I do want to just two other points that I want to recap because this will be a quicker episode with a lot of uncertainty. Just high level scoring is down this year from about 24.8 per team last year to about 23.2 crowd noise, maybe making it a little harder for offenses because plays per game are down a little bit yards per play very slightly. And One of the main things is holding calls are up from 1.7 last year, which was a record low, up to about 2.65. So almost one additional holding call per game, which can, you know, kill a drive. Average points per drive this year, 2.05, right around, you know, where it was in 2019, 2018, compared to 2.2 last year. And, yeah, then the other thing I wanted to mention is road teams. Road teams, home field advantage continues to just dwindle. 104, 101, and one straight up on the money line road teams, 50.7%. Average margin of victory, about minus 0.5. So, again, small sample sizes in the NFL, but it just once again illustrates that home field advantage is dwindling, but it seems to still have an impact on scoring. Although I think that the holding calls in the way that games are being called um, has an impact on that. Although we are still seeing fourth downs increase offenses are going for it more 1.37 fourth downs per game compared to 1.28 last year man if only the bills didn't get their fourth down the one time i don't want a team to get a fourth down they couldn't get theirs at the end of the game they would have lost by three but you'll continue to see that added aggressiveness um and then moving on to this week which is going to be a topic throughout our show it's the covid trying to deal with that uncertainty 100 players 100 plus players on the covid list 85 in the past three days nine teams down covid protocols holding virtual meetings. So, you know, then you have backup quarterback. So a lot of uncertainty this week. If you're going to bet, just know that your line might move against you. You might be, you know, it might work for you. It might work against you, but there's a lot of uncertainty. We'll try to cover a lot of that here as we go through the games. Yeah, that was well said. Um, you know, as if you follow me in the app, uh, I've only bet uh, one bet. It's actually not the bet I'm going to make on a six pack because there is some injury news and we might get, there might be an even better line um, for it to use on a show, but um, yeah, it's one of those years where, I, especially now with the, with the variant kind of increasing um, the value in betting early, I think has decreased a little bit. Um, and, and that's kind of to your point uh, about the open line. So I, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, you just gotta, you just gotta do your analysis and after the final injury news comes out and, and, and go with it. Um, I, I don't think. Yeah. Like, and I, yeah so, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, you go ahead. Yeah, and I was just going to say, and what will make what will make or break your NFL season is you're going to have good runs and bad runs. I tweet this all the time. You're going to have you know horribly capped Sundays, but you're you're going to have really good capped Sundays. But then you're just going to have Sundays where everything goes your way, and then Sundays where everything goes against you. What'll make or break you as a better, especially in the NFL, is how you react to those days. You're you have to accept those those bad days where everything goes against you, and on top of that, you might have some poorly capped games. That's it. You got to eat it. You can't chase on the Sunday night game. You can't chase on the Monday night game. I tell all my casual betting friends, if you're going to bet the Sunday night or Monday night game, look at them now, bet them on Saturday, bet them on Friday. And that's the bet that you go with. Now, most people aren't going to do that. But if you are just going to end up tossing about it, don't chase. You have people that, oh, you're down a lot and they want to get their bounce. Those are the habits that you have to get out of because that's what makes a losing better, a truly losing better over time. So just accept the fact that you're going to have horrible days. I mean, I had to sit in that Brown State and walk out with a, as a Ravens fan. Just eat it and move on. We're on to week 15. All right. Two quick reminders. First, in case you're new here, please download the free award-winning Action Network app. It's the top-rated app for sports bettors, and it lets you track every bet that you make. Uh, and two, speaking of the Action app, if you want to reference our Sunday six-pack picks anytime, just use the app's follow feature and follow Sunday six-pack where we log our top picks there every Friday during the NFL season. All right, Stuck, let's get to it with Thursday Night Football. It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet Thursday Night Football. 
So this should be a good matchup. We got the Chiefs Chargers rematch from earlier in the year in LA. Chiefs favored by a field goal. The total is 52. Uh, looks like Chris Jones is out. Keenan Allen should be back. Stuck, what do you think of this one? Massive playoff implications, especially in that division, because if you recall, the Chargers beat the Chiefs in, in Arrowhead. I don't know what I forget. I always forget what they call it now. Um, yeah, I it's funny walking by these stadiums. They're all they buy these rights and no one ever says their name. You just call it by the old. Like I, I was at Cleveland Brown Stadium. I just was staring at the thing. I forget the name already, whatever it's called. Anyway, yeah, the the Chargers won on the road at Arrowhead earlier this year. The Chiefs defense, we've been talking about it for weeks. They've made some schematic changes slightly. They, you know, Spagnola is always trying to figure out, okay, what can what is working with this defense? And, you know, towards the end of the year, most years he really figures out what's working, what's not. But, you know, they added Melvin Ingram. They put Chris Jones back in the middle. You know, you get Willie Gay back. You start using Les Sorensen. And, and you know, you get your corners healthy. A lot of new pieces um, and some changes that really started to pay dividends. And, and, uh, and before you go on, I just wanted to mention uh, Willie Gay also uh, on the Well, COVID Willie Gay list. also out. So he looks like he's going to miss. Jerry Sneed, who's their, you know, key uh, defensive back. So, yeah, just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. Um, so their defense has been playing a lot better over the last five to six weeks, but it's going to be undermanned now. Um, you, uh, you know, at linebacker now, you're a little shorthanded. And Chris Jones just makes such a massive difference in the middle. He was just not existent on the outside. It was just awful for the defense. And now he's not even going to be out there at all. On the other side, of, so I, I can see the Chargers moving the ball. The one concern I have for the Chargers, it looks like Eckler is going to go. Uh, Brandon Staley came out and said, yeah, we're going to make sure that he's okay to go. But I believe, and again, it's always so difficult trying to figure out who's out and who's in because you can get two negative tests. Generally speaking, when you like test positive that week, you're out. But TJ Watt played the other week. So, um, but Slater, who's been excellent at left tackle, looks like he's going to be out. Yep. And that's big because he's been great. And then the drop off from him to Trey Pipkins is massive. Trey Pipkins is one of the worst tackles in the NFL. Can Melvin Ingram, uh, the ex-charger, take advantage? That is a question that needs to be asked. And on the other side, when the Chiefs have the ball, the Chargers defense hasn't been anything great this year. But they have dealt with some injuries, and fortunately for them, Asante Samuel, who's been their best cover corner, another excellent rookie, and Derwin James practiced today. So it looks like they're trending in the right direction. Not confirmed yet, but that would be huge. And I still have questions about this Chiefs offense. Over the past 10 weeks, Patrick Mahomes, two games versus the Raiders, seven touchdowns, no picks. Nine yards per attempt, 74.3 completion percentage. And the seven other games, six touchdowns, eight picks, 6.1 yards per attempt, 59.9% completion. That That's that's troublesome. So, I mean, obviously the, the Raiders defense, that Chiefs offense goes out there and just hums. But you've seen them in, against different types of defenses too. I know these two deep shells taken away – they're big plays. And I know they've had some, he's had some drops that they dealt with, but the offense has just looked off against everybody else, but the Raiders. So depending on who ends up being in or out for the chargers, like, you know, if Slater was in, that would be big, but if, especially if, if James and Samuel can play, I think that's really important for their secondary. Um, I would, you know, I think this line is about right, but I would lean chargers here and, if you're looking to get in on action on this game, it's, it reminds me of the Steelers Vikings. Now I ended up getting lucky on this recommendation, but I think that the chargers would be a decent tease piece from three up. Cause I do think the chargers, the chiefs defensive injuries are key here. I know that defense has been playing that unit's been playing a lot better and the offense. I still have questions about it against everyone else, but the Raiders. So I think this will be a really close game. I think the chargers are a good teaser piece to get up over a possession. Yeah, you know, to your point on the Chiefs, looking at their three games before they played the Raiders the first time, which was in week 10, they scored 36 points combined in three games. They scored more against the Raiders alone, 41. Then they played two more games, Cowboys, Broncos. They win both of those games, but they score 41 points combined and then score 48 against the Raiders. So it's like they're essentially scoring more points against the Raiders than they can manage in two or three games 
against everyone else these days. So you worry about the Chiefs against a, a, a more competent offense, especially not at full strength on defense. So, yeah, I, I do agree with that uh, teaser recommendation. I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers went out right, but uh, they have some issues of their own. As you mentioned, uh, you know, Slater being out is big. So Equa um, looks like he's going to go. Keenan Allen being back is huge for that offense because I, I still, you know, against a team that's not the Giants, I still – worry about the Chargers moving the ball consistently up and down the field. Um, you know, they're very good on third down, but that's harder to sustain over a full season. So it's a, it's a decent spot here for the Chargers. Not really any home field advantage for them. But And by the way, it's G-E-H-A is, is the field in Arrowhead uh, in Kansas City now. No one's calling it that, as you mentioned. But yeah, no home field for the Chargers here. Uh, but I, I think they keep it close and could potentially. The Chris, the Chris Jones loss is massive. Him creating pressure up the middle. He doesn't have to get sacks. It's just creating havoc up the middle and collapsing pockets and then putting pressure on opponent opposing quarterbacks just makes life so much miserable for opposing offenses. And we've seen that effect since he moved back to the middle. So that's our breakdown of the Chiefs and the Chargers. So again, what we're going to do is we're going to release a second bonus episode with a full six pack on this show. We'll give our top pick, our top spread pick. Uh, then we'll also give our top total and our top teaser, uh, our, our money line dog and, and all that good stuff. And then we'll just kind of every other game will be essentially a best of the rest. And we'll just kind of give our initial thoughts. But it seems kind of fruitless to give out recommendations and, and put money down this early in the week, given uh, we still have two more whole days of practice and, and potential co- three more days of COVID tests because they test up until Saturday. So we're just trying to uh, give you the most confident recommendations with the uh, most amount of information as possible. So with that, yeah, means- most importantly, yeah. I, I wouldn't, I would not come on here and recommend, you know, any picks in the Sunday six pack that I didn't put down money on myself. Um, so I have one game that I bet money on. I have a teaser that I put money on in a total. Um, so yeah, I don't have a couple other games cause I'm waiting. I just don't feel confident enough in who's going to play yet. That's why we're going to do uh, the abbreviated 15 to 20 minute final six pack on Friday for you guys. 44 40. I'm up after the four point swing. This is essentially the difference, the four point swing in the, uh, in the Ravens, in the Ravens, Browns, more game. salt in the wound. <laughs> you are up first though this week, so give us your best pick as of as we record this on Wednesday uh, for the Week 15 Sunday Six Pack. All right, for my first pick of the Sunday Six Pack, I'm going with the Indianapolis Colts minus two and a half against the New England Patriots. The last time I bet a two and a half point favorite was uh, the Browns last week. And I ended up walking out of the same, I left my friends and I went to watch it at the end, at the end zone. I don't want to be near anybody. And I was just watching in the tunnel and we had great seats. We were 11th row behind the Raven side. I just needed to watch for myself. And then I just walked out and then just started walking. And then I was like so far from his apartment in downtown Cleveland and I had to walk all the way around. There's people playing who let the dogs out all around me. I'm like, this is, this is so bad, but I'm going with Indianapolis Colts. I really like them in this spot desperate team that I think is being still a little disrespected in the market. I think this team is, in my opinion, I think that they're better than the Patriots. The Patriots love has gone way too far. I know the defense has been great. I know Mac Jones has been great, but look, I mean, they've won seven seven in a row and they've covered all seven games. All right. They, they beat the jets. Okay. The chargers pretty good win at the chargers. They beat them 27, 24. Give them that. Um, I think they were outgained in that game and averaged like a yard and a half less per play. But we'll give them that. It's a good win. Then they beat Sam Donald seeing ghosts. They beat the Browns without with a Perp Baker Mayfield and without all of their backs. You know, they beat the Falcons, uh, you know, on, on a short week without Calvin Ridley. They just a bad Falcons. They beat the Titans without their entire team. No A.J. Brown. No Julio Jones. No Derrick Henry. I, I mean – by the way, the, I think they, the Titans still had 200-yard rushers in that game. And then they played the Bills in a windstorm, and Buffalo can't you know, score in the final two possessions in the red zone. But obviously, Buffalo didn't have a great game plan, but those conditions favored New England and how it played out. But you could basically throw out that game. It means nothing. So like, who have they beat over these seven games? And some of their metrics, I think, are being overinflated because of some of these injuries. Like the Titans, like, look at the Colts. The Colts played the Titans twice. Pretty close to full strength. The 
you know, the New England Patriots basically played the JV squad of the Titans. The Browns had their like most of their offense out. So I don't think that the metrics for this defense are as good as they look on paper. I think that Jonathan Taylor can take advantage. I think this offensive line can control the line of scrimmage. And the other side of the ball, I think the Colts, who are extremely healthy now, their defense, the run defense metrics don't look as good as they have in years past. But this, I think, is a top five run defense against running backs. They've struggled a bit against running quarterbacks. And, you know, when you're when you're running with wide receivers and some other non-standard runs, but they've been excellent against running backs and in particular runs up the middle, which is where New England likes to live. So, and by the way, Jonathan Taylor is averaging 5.6 yards per carry with over 240 carries on the year. There have been five backs in the history of the NFL who have done that. See if you can get the fifth. Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, O.J. Simpson, Adrian Peterson, and the fifth is a former, no longer active, Tennessee Titan. Uh, Chris Johnson? You got it. I wanted to say Um, Eddie George, but I was like, wait, that doesn't seem like an Eddie George type of, you know? No. No, You're going to get a desperate Colts team. These teams are actually pretty similar on paper when you look at them, like how they're constructed, what they want to do. But at this point, I trust – Carson Wentz more than Matt Jones. I trust the new. I trust the Indianapolis run game more than the New England run game. And I think this New England defense is just a bit overrated. And by the way, there's a, there's just some regression out there looming for New England. They're number one in the NFL in hidden points on special teams. For those not familiar with that, that's just things out of your control. That's the Bills missing a 30 yard field goal, you know, which essentially costs them the game. That's punts, bad punts, things that you cannot control. They have 20 hidden points on the year. The next most is Denver with 11.8. So New England's been getting really lucky with some of these hidden points, the injuries to opposing teams, turnovers. Um, I think this is a perfect spot for an Indianapolis team that's been on the wrong side of a lot of those. I think the Colts get this done on Saturday. Don't think it'll be easy, um, but I think they win this game by at least a field goal. Yeah, I mean – I, just, I I don't think I'm there. I don't think I'm there. To, I like. Well, you're never there with the Colts. Not, so. not, I'm never there with the Colts, man. But listen, I, I got a lot of respect for a lot of certain aspects on the Colts. Like Jonathan Taylor, I think he's. I've said this on on our fantasy podcast. I think he's a new Derrick Henry. Like he's. You just can't stop this guy. You can't stop him from getting five yards a a carry. I mean, he he's great. I think Frank Reich is one of the better coaches in the league. Uh, but they're there's something with this coach. There's a few things with this coach team that worry me. Number one, uh, they really don't get pressure. Uh, you know, that's, I think that's a, that's an issue because if you don't get pressure, yes, they're like, they're decent at stopping a run, but new England off a of bye, I think they're going to be able to kind of scheme some things up to kind of uh, neutralize this coach defense with that extra week. Um, and then it's just like Frank Reich is kind of neutralized in general by Belichick. I mean, when's the last time, the Colts beat the Patriots regular and postseason combined. The last time the Colts beat the Patriots was in November of 2009. So they, they've lost eight straight. They for Reich has never beat them. It just worries. You never, never beat Tom Brady. I mean, that's fair, but it's like now when you look at Belichick and, and, and this team, it's more like maybe just don't have Cam Newton and, and they're all right. I mean, it's not that I don't think the Colts win, don't win this game like maybe 50% of the time, maybe even like 50.1% of the time, but I can't get to the two and a half. I make it a lot closer to the pick em. So I'm actually hoping the line gets to three. Um, I would take the Patriots at that spot. I just, both of them coming off a bye, the Patriots getting that must needed rest late in the year. Yes, they haven't beat uh, a lot of impressive teams, but. You know, look at them when they play the Bucks. What was it? Two point loss. You know, the Cowboys game could have gone either way. Um, they lose in overtime on that one. You know, there's they were they've been competitive against pretty much every quality team. They had that one hiccup against the Saints uh, and that hiccup against the Dolphins early in the year. They're also a team that tends to get better as the season progresses. Like they're kind of the the team version of the Spagnolo defense. Like it just seems to me like they get better and better. So yeah, their metrics may be a little bit overinflated because. Like, yeah, you're going to get the – even for the schedule adjustments, you're going to get – it's going to look better than it should be because you beat Tennessee because uh, Tennessee was good 
for a good part of the year. Uh, I get that, but the Patriots are still. But you also the played two Buffalo. In in, you played a Buffalo team that wasn't allowed to throw it in wins. You played Tennessee without their whole team. You played Cleveland with hurt Baker Mayfield and no Hunt or Chubb. I mean, it goes on and on. Yeah. Um, you know, you played Atlanta when they were they had injuries. Um, so, you know, and then you benefited for some weather, some special teams points, and um, I don't know. I think that this this love now everyone's saying that the Patriots are the second best team in the NFL. Um, I don't say it, so we'll find out on Saturday. Yeah, and yeah, it's. I mean, I, the sharps are on the coast, so the sharps are on your side. Um, this line's been bet up. I can't like argue it too much. Again, it's just for me, it's just more, it's just closer to a, a pickup. That's all I'm trying to say. Like it's, it's, I know like when you like a team one way or the other and it's under three, you kind of just, you got to kind of just take that team more often than not. Most games are going to land on, you know, field goal or more if they're not the Browns. But uh, yeah, that's, that's just kind of where I'm at with this one. All right. For my first pick of the week 15 Sunday six pack. I am going with the Cincinnati Bengals plus two and a half. And uh, if you listen to this podcast every week, this might be uh, a little interesting for you because I think I've bet against the Bengals three weeks in a row, gone two and one over that span. But I think this is a good matchup for the Bengals. And that's because what do the Broncos like to do? They like to play man coverage. Now they could do it decently well. I think their defense has overperformed a little bit this year. They are, second in points allowed at 17 and a half per game, but they are still 21st in DVOA. So they're below average in DVOA with the second in points per game, uh, the schedule, you know, they face the lions and uh, you know, some, some matchups that just don't really strike fear into you, the giants, the jets. So they, they've had some of those kind of matchups, but the thing is they play the most man coverage in the league. They're really the only defense under Vic Fangio that plays man coverage at greater than a 50% rate. That is extremely rare in today's NFL. You just don't, you just don't see it. And it just so happens that this Bengals team destroys man coverage. I mean, they just destroy it. They're averaging over 11 yards uh, in attempt versus man coverage. Uh, they're in the mid, you know, eights against zone. So Jamar Chase. T Higgins, they have the weapons here. And that's what I always say, um, you know, the Bengals, to beat the Bengals, I think you need to score on them. And I think the Bengals have the better offense in this game. I think the Bengals have the better quarterback in this game, even with Burrow's finger banged up. You know, he actually surprised me. I ended up getting lucky uh, and winning that bet on, on San Francisco, but it wasn't easy. And I mean, they missed a field goal, then, you know, Bengals score first. They kind of, just bad muff play call. Punt, taunting call. Oh, yeah. Two, two muff punts. So, really, if I'm looking at that game, it's like I'm just kind of chalking that one up as, you know, I'm not really looking at that as like a win, you know, just process-wise because the Bengals muffed two punts, created a 10-point swing. Uh, Joe Burrow made some amazing plays. Jamar Chase made some amazing plays. You know, the defense just kind of ran out of gas. But also, this has been an issue with the Bengals. And I'm betting that it turns around because it's been such a talking point. And, and Zach Taylor has been honest about it, but the play cone was just problematic. I mean, you what, what, you get in overtime, you get down to like the 25 and you just like run, run sack, you know, like on first second, after, after Burrow goes nuts to bring you back in the fourth quarter, despite all your other mistakes. And, and Taylor admitted it. He said, hey, man, I got too conservative. I, you know, if I went back, I would have done it differently. He took a lot of responsibility for it, which he was very honest. Like, you don't, you don't see that as much in this day and age. Um, usually maybe you see the cookie cutter thing if it gets out of control, but um, he kind of ate it and like almost like he was like hooked up to a lie detector test. So I think you're going to see some more aggressiveness this week. And that's exactly what you need because the offense has all the talent. You know, the line is a little bit shaky, but Denver is not getting a ton of pressure. Uh, you know, they do have Bradley Chubb back, but Von Miller, obviously. And then I think the, you know, the Bengals, their offense is going to take what you give them to an extent. And I think the Broncos, they're going to play that too deep show. They play man under it, but they're going to still give you some of those running plays. And I think they'll be able to run a little better uh, in this game than against San Francisco, because that was really another issue is that, you know, they were, they were making the correct reads according to the, you know, the boxes, like, all right, it's a light box. I think San Francisco played six in the box, which is a light box on all but one snap of the game. And so since he runs it a ton, sure, fine. The problem is San Francisco coming into that game was the number two run defense in the league in terms of DVOA. So now you got Denver, they're 25th. So Denver likes to play the two safeties deep. 
Um, they'll switch it up from time to time. Um, but you're going to get some, you're going to get an easier team to run on. So I just think the offense is going to be humming. And on the other side, uh, listen, I think Denver's a, an average offense. And I think Cincinnati's an average defense. You know, they're 12th in DVOA. Wilson will probably be out. Awujie should be in. Waynes probably comes back. Also, I think Cincinnati's special teams will be improved. They're not going to put Phillips back there again. If Waynes is active, they'll probably deactivate Phillips. Probably use Trenton Irwin, a wide receiver who they uh, deactivate a ton. Uh, they might bring up uh, or they might use Tyler Boyd in that role if they have a roster crunch. So either way, I don't expect the same special teams errors. So I just think these are two pretty evenly matched teams. Uh, but I think Cincinnati is a little better, better quarterback and just a matchup schematically on offense. You know, I bet against Cincinnati when I think teams can outscore them. I don't think Denver can outscore them. You know, Denver's had some decent games, but let's, I mean, they put up nine against the Chiefs um, on offense. You know, they put up the big number against the Lions, but that 30 to 13 game against Philly also stands out. That was in mile high, a, a winnable game for Denver. Uh, they didn't get it done there. And I know everybody's going to say Teddy covers. Teddy Bridgewater covers, and yes, he does cover the spread uh, at a very good rate, but that's mostly a road thing. At home, it has been kind of closer to 500. On the road, he's 24 and six against the spread in his career. At home, 18 and 14 against the spread. So uh, I don't really fear Teddy covers or this, you know, majestic, like it's, you know, it's just a product of him having some good defenses and the market not really believing him. They go on a road, you get that inflated home field advantage. But here, yeah, I think Mile has a tough place to play, but I think Cincinnati has the weapons to go in there and get it done. So I'll take them at plus two and a half. And we might get a three. We might get a three. So that's why you haven't seen it come across in the app. Uh, it was sitting around one, one and a half early in the week. It's up to two and a half. If the money keeps coming in on Denver, uh, we may get a three. So that's why I'm holding out. But Cincinnati plus two and a half at the Broncos. Yeah, I don't mind it. I, I, I do prefer to tease them at this number up to eight and a half. You're going to need mixing some here. So it'll be interesting how the play calling goes. Try to, because I think you can have success running on Denver. They're going to get Callahan back as well. Sertain is the second best. He has a second best passer rating allowed in man coverage this year out of any cornerback. It's been outstanding. So I'm, I can't wait to watch that matchup of their secondary versus the receivers. On the other end, Burroughs pinky looked healthy enough last week. He didn't practice today. I think that was more just precautionary. I do also want to see, can Denver really exploit the middle of the field for Cincy? That is a troubling area. This, now, this isn't, you know, Baltimore and Mark Andrews or San Fran and, and Kittle. But, you know, when they lost Logan Wilson, they already lost Gaither. I mean, they are in that, they run mainly, you know, four, two, five. They're, they're linebackers now not great in coverage and they're lacking in, in blitz prowess and they just really struggle to cover the middle of the field. Something to watch there as well. I don't mind it though, but I, I do prefer the tease. To recap, Stucky's going with the Colts minus two and a half against the Patriots. I'm going with the Bengals plus two and a half against the Broncos. We'll have our entire Sunday six pack in the bonus episode that is dropping Friday. Before we get into our favorite soto, actually, let's go to our coaches pep talk. If you keep playing the way you're playing, we're going to get our ass beat again tonight. This week's coach's pep talk comes from the 1955 film, Mr. Roberts, and we're dedicating it to Urban Meyer. What, what do you really think of me, honestly? Well, I think you're the most hapless, lazy, disorganized, and in general, the most lecherous person I've ever known in my life. The day you finish one thing you started out to do, that's the day I'll have some respect for you. That's the day I'll look up to you as a man. Okay? Okay. And I mean, I know stuck that every week we have our coaches pep talk and it's a clip from a movie that our, our guy, Matt Mitchell picks out and we dedicate to someone, you know, since we're doing two episodes, I got to give a second coaches pep talk. Uh, hey, Urban Meyer, stop kicking motherfuckers. That's my coaches pep talk. <laughs> I'm right. the head ball coach. I can kick who I want. <laughs> yo, like, I, yo, man, I've been saying this shit all off season. Like something's off with this dude. I don't believe in him. I could see this ending poorly and it really should have ended already and i'm not even trying to make light of this like this is a serious accusation like that's assault it's not a light accusation um so this is you know alleged it's obviously alleged but it's not it's not pretty for urban man like i don't know if he's making it i don't know if he's making it to next year nor do i think he should but uh i digress let's get into our favorite total of week 15 you started the six pack stuck i'll go lead us off here with the total i am going with the Buffalo Bills, Carolina Panthers, under 44 and a half at Bet MGM. Uh, and this is a play on 
the defenses in this game, two defenses that I think are among uh, the better units in the league. Buffalo still ranks number one in defensive DVOA and Carolina's 10th. So two top 10 defenses. I think Carolina is a little better than that. Um, their offense has been putting them in some tough spots, but then on the other side, you got Carolina whose offense is 30th in, in DVOA Buffalo's down to 14th. And I know, you know, they had the, the wind game. So you throw that out. So they're probably a little higher, but Buffalo is another one of these teams that it's kind of looked off. Like it's, it's hasn't been as noticeable as the chiefs, maybe because Buffalo's not quite as popular yet as the chiefs, but I mean, Josh Allen's back under seven yards in attempt, just the way he was, you know, first year or two in the league when, you know, people weren't sure if he was going to be that franchise quarterback for Buffalo. Uh, you know, now they're one of their receivers, Emmanuel Sanders is hurt. Uh, so, and, and Josh Allen's banged up. So that takes some of his rushing ability away, which has been the saving grace. So, you know, Josh Allen sitting back here in the pocket more and, and throwing more with that with no Emmanuel Sanders averaging under seven yards per an attempt. This is another game where Buffalo's offense underwhelmed so you have two top 10 defenses a bottom three offense in Carolina and then the only unit really that could contribute to the scoring that we perceive is like a really good unit is you know on paper now middle of the road and dealing with injuries so uh, a lot of different avenues uh, to point to this game going under the total and I think Buffalo you know last week against Tampa Bay they, they did score some points they didn't run the ball like at all. Like they just didn't bother. And that's honestly probably the correct strategy against Tampa Bay, but Buffalo has been in this funk. It's clear that Sean McDermott is not comfortable with this team's physicality. He's not comfortable with the lack of the running game. Now I'm, I, I give him props for not, you know, insisting that they run the ball against the stone wall that is Tampa Bay's defense. But I think they're going to try to run it a little more here. And Carolina, we know they want to run the ball. They really got no choice. Even without Christian McCaffrey, they, they quarterback situations in shambles. I mean, you got three just horrible passers of the football on that roster with, with Darnold potentially coming back. So I think Carolina, they're going to try to fulfill that goal of running 33 to 39 times. They have two tight ends in Tremble and, and Thomas. So they can, maybe they think they can replicate and they have a fullback in Giovanni Ricci. So maybe they feel like they can replicate what the Patriots did, you know, just get numbers, get, go big, go heavy try to run the ball on this Bills defense. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just see two good defenses, one really shaky offense, and another one that might be shaky given the injuries and, and is going through kind of an identity crisis there. So give me the under 44 and a half Bills Panthers. Yeah, I don't mind. I mean, Josh Allen, there was a good report on him. He said he's starting to feel better. But I don't know. Yeah, how. I doubt they try to run him. They have the Patriots next week. Yeah. Uh, keep that in mind. And that's an enormous game for the playoffs and the division, depending on what Patriots do this week but I'm kind of confused yeah I mean if the page if the Panthers come out and play the way that I think they have said then yeah I love this under because I don't think the Bills want to risk down he might not even play it might be Mitch Tra- Mitch Bortles and Mitch Trubisky that would be amazing and, and then and then and then we'd lose this like I would we this we would have I would absolutely lose this on like a Mitch Bortles like 300 yard four touchdown game you've just been Bortled so I'm hoping that yeah, we don't so, get Mitch Bortles. Well, yeah, they so they, I, they don't want to do anything to risk Allen. So I mean, they just want to get a lead, get out of this game with a win. But the, the Panthers really confused me. It's like I had the first half under. They run the ball only 14 out of 29 plays in the first half. That includes a seven to seven third and six uh, 70 yard pick six, which crushed our first half under and our Panthers bet. And letting Cam Newton throw it around, I don't know what they were doing that were up the wrong part of that handicap because the Panthers somehow got no pressure, which was a bit concerning, but yeah, I mean, I do think that look after what Matt rule said, he came out, he said, Cam Newton can't keep turning the ball over like this. And after what he saw the Patriots do to the bills, I would assume that they come out and just run the ball here all day long. So uh, I don't hate it. Um, for, by the way, something to mention with the bills, they've been running, like they're zero and five in one possession games. I still have them as the second best team in the NFL. They are 0-5 in one-possession games. They've had horrible, horrible penalty luck. The EPA, just wrong, horribly timed penalty. I mean, look at last week, by the way. The Bills lose on yeah Tom Brady getting calls again. Yeah, I mean, just an absolute joke of a non-call on one of your star receivers getting tackled by his jersey on the game that would have won the game for them. And then in overtime, you call Mike Evans. You call Pat Severs when Mike Evans is grabbing the, the corner. But they've had that happen all year long, if you look at EPA per penalty. How about this for – 
and this is a, a downfield passing attack with very talented receivers. The Bills defense leads the NFL in defensive holding calls at 15. That's six more than the next most team. Uh, Las Vegas has nine. They have eight defensive pass interference calls. So their 23 coverage penalties are the most in the league. How about this? So the Bills have coverage penalties called in their favor when they're in offense once every 51 dropbacks. That's 31 more than when it's called against them. And on the other side of the ball, it's in coverage once every 94 dropbacks are applied. That's 65 more than when it's applied against them. Maybe that doesn't make sense to you, but they're getting extremely unlucky with pass interference and defensive holding calls, like 30 to 40 more snaps each way. And those are swinging games. And those are even more important when you're playing, when you're 0 5 to 1 possession games. So I do think that there's some regression coming for this Bills offense, but the Panthers D, I think you can trust here. And I don't know what Cam Newton's going to do. You just have to hope he doesn't throw pick sixes. But for my favorite total of the week, I'm going with the Saints Bucks under 46 and a half. At BetMGM, I, I will write this game up to Sunday Night Football game, so I won't go too deep here, but this is the one defense that Brady struggles with. Um, they seem to have a formula where they can – they find ways to get pressure and they have the coverage on the back end, and Brady has struggled in the past dealing with the Saints defense at times. He's actually 0-3 in the regular season against the Saints with the Bucks, 21-5 and against every other team. Davenport should be back. I expect Cam Jordan to be back as well. And if you look at Brady, it's amazing what he's doing at 44. At 44, every time I think about it, I'm like, this is crazy. You know, he leads the league in passing touchdowns and yards. He's benefited from 465 clean pockets. That's 65 more than the next most. But when he's under pressure, and his numbers are just elite when he's in a clean pocket. When he's under pressure, his passing grade drops to 59. His completion percentage drops to 46 and his yards per attempt drops to 5.8. That's 24th in the NFL. So I think that the Saints, again, can scheme up some pressure here. They have the coverage on the back end to deal with these Bucks receivers. And on the other side of the ball, it's Taysom Hill. And, you know, Kamar trying to run the ball. They're, they have no passing game to speak of. Uh, I do, can't see the Saints doing much through the air or on offense in general, they're probably going to play really slow. I know that Tampa plays on the faster side, but if they get a big lead, they'll sit on it as well. So uh, I like this under and prime time, but we'll have more on the action network app and action network.com when I write this up. Yeah, I like that. I mean, the only thing that worries you is that both of these teams stopped to run so well, but this, like you said, the saints have to run the ball. Like there, there's no way they can throw the ball 40 times with Taysom Hill against what's turning in, you know, they're getting a little healthier on, you know, this Tampa Bay pass defense too. Uh, but there's no way you can throw the ball 40 times with Taysom to like Marcus Callaway and Traquan Smith. And it looks like, you know, little Jordan Humphrey, they were trying to give him a bigger role. They they cut Kenny Stills. They cut Kevin White. Uh, Humphrey was going to be, I think, kind of their number one receiver uh, down the stretch. And then he gets hurt, you know, late in the week last week. And he still hasn't practiced since. So yep. they're down another weapon that it might not sound like a lot. But when you're talking about because Deontay Harris, who in terms of yards per route run, uh, he was their best receiver. You know, he, he would only play about 50% of the snaps, but, you know, he would get three, four, five, six catches a game, most games. He's out. So now you're you're really grasping at straws. So, yeah, I, I, I don't – I see this game where at least one, if not both, of the offenses probably underperforms their implied uh, point total. So uh, I like that one. All right, uh, let's close it out here with uh, favorite teaser – Oh, yeah. Six point teasers. If you don't want me to, don't tease me. Don't tease me. Try to please me. All right, Stuck, what are you doing for your teaser for week 15? All right, let's go with an all Pennsylvania teaser and tease the Steelers up. Over a touchdown against the Titans. Still no A.J. Brown, still no Derrick Henry. I still think this Titans offense is very limited. And Watt and Highsmith are trending right. I think they have a good shot to play. Hayden still isn't. They're also getting some depth back on the defensive line. Tomlin dog trends, we talked about him a million times. I don't have to mention them again. But against a team with a better record than him, he's just dominant. And this is a raw, raw, typical rah-rah spot for the Steelers. What? A rah-rah Mike Tomlin spot. 
We win the game with this crew of bodies right here today. Uh, bring your game today. With a couple extra days to prepare and rest, this game is basically their season. I think they can keep this within one possession. And then the Eagles tease them down to one, the half a point. Washington just is crushed by COVID. Uh, you know, their defensive line is decimated. I don't know who's left on their defensive line. They're, you know, Kyle Fuller, their, their, their cornerback is out as well. You know, they lost Logan Thomas. McLaurin has a concussion. They're backup quarterbacks in COVID. So if, you know, if Heineke, who's been dealing with a knee injury, had to get an MRI, if he can't go or gets hurt, you're talking about Shermer coming in at quarterback. This team is just devastated by injuries. Eagles coming off of a bye here should get this win. I think their offensive line is going to dominate this game. And, uh, yeah, so give me the all-Pennsylvania teaser going through the three and seven on both sides. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. I you know didn't think the Eagles would get to seven this early in a week, but here we are um, after the COVID news. Uh, so, yeah, I don't hate that at all. I'll talk Pittsburgh uh, in a bit. But for my teaser, uh, I'm going with the Bengals plus two and a half to eight and a half and the Patriots plus two and a half to eight and a half. So kind of the two picks we talked about earlier uh, with with Cincinnati. It's, you know, they've been playing better on the road this year. It's not the same old team that just – automatic loss when they go on the road they're actually four and two uh, on the road in this one the Bengals are seven and six on a year and three of their losses have come by uh, a field goal so this Bengals team would have covered uh, a teased up to eight and a half in 10 of their 13 games that they played this year so they are an inconsistent team but more often than not most of the time they're still keeping it within a possession you know if not winning outright so this Bengals team, uh, I, I like them in this spot. I like the matchup. Again, I just think Denver's scheme doesn't match up as well with the Bengals as a lot of other teams uh, in, in the NFL. So expected to be a close game. Uh, I expect Cincinnati, whether whether it's Joe Burrow and Chase just getting the backdoor cover, uh, might get some single coverage uh, against a good corner. Uh, so uh, trust that they'll at least get in the backdoor uh, to cover the eight and a half. And then, so this Patriots team is nine and four. You know, I know some, you know, I know you think the, the Colts win the game. The Colts are a little underrated. The Colts are a very good team, too. But Patriots still 9-4, and four, coming off a bye. Uh, I don't expect this game to get away from them either, uh, especially because the Colts don't really get a ton of pressure on defense. So I think if the Patriots need to, you know, go with their passing game a little more, which I actually do expect, you know, coming off a bye, threw it three times, didn't really show anything in the last game. So you really haven't shown your passing game for weeks now. Uh, I do expect them to be a little bit more pass heavy and come out with some wrinkles against Indianapolis, but they're nine and four. All right. One of the losses was an opening day to the Dolphins by a point where they fumbled away the game winning drive. The second one, the, the third loss of the year was to the Bucks. That was by two. And then they had another loss to the Cowboys. And that was an overtime. That could have gone either way. It ended up being by six. So they, they have one loss all year. That was to the New Orleans Saints, who I think got a pick six in that game. Uh, and they lost 28-13. So the Patriots have, would have covered an eight-point tease, eight-and-a-half-point tease in 12 of their 13. So the Bengals would have covered in 10. Patriots would have covered in 12. Uh, that's why I'm going with them here. Uh, I expect them to be highly competitive this week, even if they're outclassed. But if they do get to three, I, I will be taking some three. Uh, but right now, I think it's a great tease piece at two-and-a-half. Don't know if we're going to get to the three or not um, with the Patriots here. Amazing. I lost a bet on the Patriots minus two and a half at home against the Dolphins earlier this year. Yeah. Yeah. You just have the worst luck with the two and a half. Like it's just, you know, it'll that line would be so much higher now. Jeez. Let's move on to our money line dog. Yeah, let's do it. Now it's time for our money line underdog parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the money line parlay. All right, Steph, what are we doing this week? This is a play. A lot of the games, when we get to the best of the rest, we're going to be like, I don't know. We have to wait to see who's playing. <laughs> right. So for Moneyline Dog, you can try to take advantage of that. I think that with the Packers and Ravens, look, I don't know how the Ravens are going to get any stops uh, with Rodgers. They can't cover anyone. You saw that last week. They're in secondary. I mean, you're starting a former college running back at safety. You have three of your starters out. Some of your backups are hurt in the secondary. Going against Rodgers isn't great. We don't know if Lamar Jackson is going to play. Patrick Ricard, they're a fullback. Uh, you know, I, I could go on and on. 
Nick Boyle, their tight end. They have some injuries at receiver along the offensive line. But this is a classic Raven spot. They just, you know, they this is could be for their season. They're off of a loss. They're going to probably come up with some creative ways on the ground to score. And if I think Lamar Jackson, I'm conflicted both ways. I'm like, I think that knowing him, he's going to be out there, but he probably won't be as mobile. And then also, if the Ravens don't really need this game, if you look at it, if you say we care more about Jackson being healthy, because then you have, you know, the Bengals next week, win that game, you know, you lose that game, then the Bengals swept you and you're in real trouble. Win that game and you're in pretty good shape, especially looking at who the Steelers have. The rest of everyone in the AFC North has really tough schedules. You close the year with the Steelers at home as well. So that Bengals game becomes huge. So do you want Lamar healthy for that? I don't know what the Ravens are going to do here. But uh, this line will come down if Lamar Jackson plays and then he ends up being healthy. It's a good Ravens spot. Yeah, I think that it's just a, a play on the variance of what's going on with the Ravens. I mean, it could all work against you here, but that's that's why I want to take a smaller shot with the Ravens as a money line dog piece. I mean, you could all, you also see Jair Alexander and Bakhtiari play for Green Bay and then no one plays for uh, the Ravens. But I, I trust Harbaugh on the spot to come up with something and rally the troops in front of a raucous home crowd. Plus 200 um, at BetMGM on the money line. It's Baltimore, gentlemen. The gods will not save you. I like that. Spicy. Plus 200. We don't usually get a bat high in our money line dogs. So, yeah, I mean, listen, props to Aaron Rodgers. Like, he's great. And I just feel like their numbers are inflated every week, but they keep covering them. You know, they keep winning games they're not supposed to win. Uh, like that, what was it, that Arizona game? where They get, you know, they get lucky at the end with Kyron and AJ. But you know, it's eesh. at some point you figure the Packers are going to have a slip up. Like they're not just going to go like 14 and whatever, two against the 15 and two against the spread and win all these games. So uh, Ravens in, you know, just like we didn't expect them to come back from a big deficit without Lamar last week uh, at home. Maybe you get an egg from the Packers like you did in week one uh, against the Saints. Uh, they're on the road. So it's not in Lambeau. So yeah, uh, I can't argue with that one. Uh, I got the Ravens jersey on. So hopefully, uh, we hit that, and then I, I'm going to go back to old reliable here. Uh, every time you think they're dead, they just, like, pop up like a zombie. Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Like Mike Tomlin's spot, right? Underdog. Now they're at home. Everyone, they had a horrible, horrible game. They, sh- they had no business losing that game by whatever it was, eight they lost that, that Thursday night game by. Yeah. I mean, I made a joke on Twitter, like, you know, the the, the – the Vikings lost to the Lions and then the Steelers get shut out by the Vikings. It's like the Steelers are the worst team in the NFL. And it's like, uh, I joke, but at, they, at times they've looked like it. Cause it's, you know, but they do, what they do have is they still have, you know, Deontay Johnson. They still have Najee Harris. Um, you know, the line obviously isn't great. And uh, on defense, they still, you know, they have the home crowd. They, they should, like you said, be getting Watt back. Um, so they still have some talent on the defensive side of the ball, uh, even without Hayden. You look at this Titans team, and even with Julio back, there's just not a lot there on offense. I mean, your skill position players, Deontay Foreman's probably going to lead the team in touches. Dontrell Hilliard, Jeremy McNichols at running back. Your tight ends are Ferkser, Swaim, Pruitt. Your receivers, uh, a banged-up Julio who never plays close to 100% of the snaps, doesn't even usually get to 80% anymore. Nick Westbrook-Akina is your wide receiver, too. Then you have, like, Chester Rogers and Cody Hollister, if he gets called up again, and Racy McMath, who's, you know, doesn't even have 100 snaps to his name in the NFL. I mean, this is an offense that on any given day could lay an absolute egg. You know, when you're not playing the Jaguars, you know, Titans could, you know, Titans put up 20 and win and shut out the Jaguars. And it's like, okay, they got a 20-point win. But these, we saw the Titans put up 13 against the Texans in Tennessee and lose uh, by nine. So, you know, the Steel- are the Steelers – World beaters, no. Are they a flawed team? Absolutely. But the Steelers average 20.9 points per game. You know, you can count on the Steelers to probably give you 20 to 23 points. The Titans offense, 13 against Houston, 13 against New England, 20 against Jacksonville. I don't know if we can trust the Titans offense to give you 20 points anymore. So I'm getting points. You know, I'm getting a a juice with the Steelers here as a money line dog. I'm taking it. Uh, Might end up, you know, in, in, in the six pack as well. We'll see uh, how that the rest of that goes, but Mike Tomlin money line dog from October on 29 and 23, 56% in his career, uh, three and four this year, but you would still be up 11% because remember you don't need to hit 
uh, every, you know, 50% or better, 52, 53% or better, like you do with a spread uh, to break even here. So I'll take the Pittsburgh Steelers plus 105 at home against the Titans. I think you get a desperate Pittsburgh team that uh, can, can, can outscore the Titans here. My kids want to have a good Christmas. So Baltimore plus 200, Pittsburgh plus 105 would be a 5.15x payout. So you bet $100, uh, you get back 615 in total, uh, according to the Action Network Parley Calculator, which you can find on actionnetwork.com. All right, now let's quickly get to the best of the rest, which are the games that we did not break down in any other segment. All right, Stuck, we'll start out with the Saturday matchup. You got the Vegas Raiders at the Cleveland Browns. This line has moved all the way from Cleveland favored by four. I think it opened to Vegas being favored by one and a half. The totals 39 Cleveland dealing with just massive COVID issues, Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, uh, the whole team. So uh, maybe an under it's about all, only thing I can say about this game. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be wins and it, we're, we're going to go through these games quickly because it's Wednesday and if there's a lot of COVID, there's probably going to be more COVID, uh, but Mayfield and then you know, their whole secondary uh, their offensive line yeah. and uh, I mean everyone I mean Hunt is out too Landry I could go on and on and on and your offense is going to be like Case Keenum and you know Blake Hans at left tackle Michael Dunn Jamarcus Bradley at receiver there's going to be wins the best thing about this game is uh, Case Keenum said uh, it's going to be nice to have a full chub back there so that was the quote of the week uh, <laughs> other than that yeah uh, this line has moved on the news we still don't know who's going to play <laughs> Stefanski has COVID too so check back Friday for more. Uh, I was going to leave that one alone. Uh, Dallas at the Giants. Giants, 10.5 point underdogs at home. The total, 44.5. Don't like the Giants offense. Cowboys offense gives them, giving me some pause. It's, it's off. healthy, but I don't know. Like, And we have to talk about this on another show or maybe in deeper on just when we have more time, but it seems to me like this year is like the year of the defensive scheme where so, like it's where all these like elite offenses they're humming. And then it's like teams just figure out how to defend them. And it's like, they, they just can't adjust. So the playoffs are going to be really interesting, but the giants won't be there. Dallas almost certainly will. Uh, do you see anything here? Yeah. I mean, it looks like Glenn's going to start again. Giants have COVID protocols, five, five or six positives since Monday. Could see there is Tony and uh, uh, Xavier McKinney. who safety has been playing really well. The, two main names there um now this line is a little too high for me but with glennon and the COVID issues uh to stay away for now Jets at miami miami nine and a half point favorites that that line has been moving up in favor of miami the total 42 and a half Devonte parker looks like he should be back for miami but miami just has no backfield miles gaskin Philip Lindsay, Savan Ahmed, all on the COVID list. And remember Laird and Malcolm Brown went down earlier in the year with injuries. So they, well, I don't know who is going to be out there uh, for Miami. We'll see if anyone gets cleared, but uh, that's, that's about what we know. Yeah. A Jets, uh, a Duke Johnson, I think. Isn't Duke Johnson get called up? Yeah. He's on a um, practice squad, but you, so with these practice squad guys, cause they, they practice and attend meetings with the, with the position group if I'm not mistaken. So it's like, you never know if those guys are going to be able to, if they're going yeah, to land on the, the list too. So yeah, a lot of times what ends up happening is whoever they sign like midweek uh, ends up in there. I think they signed Dexter Williams, the former Packers back. So uh, it might be a lot of throwing. I mean, maybe that's the upshot of this, but it's about Yeah, all. Miami doesn't really run much either. And you could throw in the Jets secondary. Uh, Javon Holland, I think is also on the COVID list. That's a big loss. He's been playing really well at safety. Yeah for Miami, but Jets COVID protocol. I make this line nine uh, total spot on some uncertainty here. Not a game I'm running the bet. Falcons at Niners, Niners minus nine and a half, a total of 46. I think you get a motivated Niners team here. Obviously they're still fighting for playoff, but remember a couple of years ago, I think the first year you and I did the pod together. Um, I, I think I was on the Falcons as like a, a a spread and money line out, dog right. upset and they went upset. Just, I think you called it too, like a sleepy spot. So I think the Niners are going to remember that one. And uh, I, I don't think they come out as flat uh, this time, even though it, it could be a trap game under some other circumstances. I think you get a good effort here. Uh, anything to add? Uh, Falcons COVID protocol. So more to come there to see what happens with Atlanta. Um, I think they've been a fraud. I mean, they have no wins that impressed me all year. And uh, I think they're a really bad football team. But Kyle Shannon is a favorite at home and in that stadium. Like the fans say it's cursed. There's just weird things happen. Um, 
but uh, I think the line is about right. I think Goddard's are a good teaser piece if it comes back down to eight and a half or less. Yeah, like I, I generally avoid at all costs betting on Shanahan as a favorite and, you know, usually end up fading him. But uh, this is a spot I just I do think the Niners will give you a better effort and won't kind of shit the bed like they are wont to do in, that, in this spot. But then again, who knows? Arizona at Detroit. The Cardinals, 13 and a half point road favorites. The total is 47 and a half. The big news here, DeAndre Hopkins done for the regular season. So that is not good news. James Conner also is questionable. Chase Edmonds may be back. Uh, the Cardinals are deep at pass catcher, but obviously losing Hopkins is not ideal. But I guess this is when they cover, right? Like they cover, you know, these ridiculous numbers uh, without Hopkins, you know, so maybe, though maybe not with Kyler Murray back, who knows, but I don't know. Stay away from me. You got anything on this one? Yeah. I mean, who's playing for the Lions? I don't know. They're in COVID protocols, their whole secondary, they've had two practices in the last 15 days, their whole secondaries on the COVID list. Uh, their starting guard was, is hurt in practice. Jonah Jackson, Deandre Swift. We don't know if he's going to play Hawkinson. We don't know if he's going to play Anzalone. They're starting linebacker Aquara. They are all in practice today. Who knows? I could go on and on about their injuries. And then, you know, there's some uncertainty on Arizona side. I could see this being a little sleepy spot for Arizona. It's like after that Rams game on Monday night. And then, you know, you got the Colts and the Cowboys coming up. But I don't know who's going to slow down Murray and company in that secondary, especially if they're all out. Uh, line is inflated, though, but I have no interest in back in Detroit. So much uncertainty here. I don't know who's playing or coaching or what's going on with the Lions. Uh, pure pass. Houston at Jacksonville. Uh, Jag three and a half point favorites, total 39 and a half. Uh, I actually bet Houston early in the week. I thought the line might go to three. It stayed at three and a half. Uh, I just don't think the Jaguars should be weighing a field goal against anyone. Uh, I know Houston's dealing with some injuries, so that you know don't, doesn't feel great. I think Grugier Hill, their linebacker, um, is out. But the only above average unit in this whole game was Houston's defense. They're 13th in DVOA overall uh, and on defense, and then eighth against the pass. So I, listen, I know Houston's dealing with some injuries, but I think just two bottom of the barrel rosters. Davis Mills actually playing well uh, over the last couple of games, completing over 70% of his passes, averaging over 300 yards, uh, three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, so I just think Houston gets it done here. Uh, I, I'm betting they win outright, um, but it looks like, you know, there is some money on Jacksonville here. So might even be able to get a four, uh, but I would take this three, anything at three or higher. I uh, just don't think the Jags should be weighing any type of, of points right here. Trevor Lawrence seems to be regressing. Uh, yeah. Keep an eye on that. I refuse to waste any more breath on that game. So closing it out, Seattle at the Rams. Rams uh, opened at around a touchdown favorite, but they're dealing with COVID issues. This line is down to four and a half. Uh, you do have Seattle as an underdog. Uh, I don't know how relevant that is with this kind of, uh, you know, weird, bizarro version of the Seahawks we've seen lately. They're kind of rounding into shape, but, uh, some interesting trends, I guess I'll throw out since we don't really know what's going on with the Rams COVID wise, but Wilson as an underdog, 25, 12 and two, 68% against the spread, uh, 64% as a road dog. And then Sean McVay off a multi-game straight up winning streak, seven and 21 against the spread, 25%, one in four this year. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who's going to play for the Rams. They're, getting ravaged by COVID. You had Beckham go on the list today, joining Ramsey of Havenstein. I'm there. There's a lot too hard to project right now. Rams have owned this year. They've won seven of nine. If I knew everyone was playing, this was an over game for me. I've had my favorite total the last past week has been a Seattle over. I think their yeah. defense stinks and they've just been getting lucky in the red zone with points. I mean, David Mills threw like 350. They only got 13 points. There's a lot of regression coming from that defense. And on the opposite side, I think the Seattle offense has a lot of regression coming. The Rams offense seems to be finding its footing. Stafford looks healthy the past two weeks, but I don't know who's going to play. So maybe it'll be have a play or we'll talk about it on Friday, but pass for now. Just from a fan standpoint, really enjoy if Seattle won this game. Uh, that would probably pull them to within either tied with the team with the seven seed or within one game. So like after all this, Seattle might not be dead. Like after all of this. So I, I would I would really like to see Seattle win this game. But yeah, we'll talk about it more on Friday. The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, 
BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. Uh, so as a reminder... Bonus episode coming Friday with the full six pack. We only made one of the six pack spread bets today. We still gave you the teaser. We still gave you the total. We still gave you the money line dog, but I just don't think it's right to give you, you know, six picks on a Wednesday, given what that's going on with COVID. Uh, let's close it out. Just uh, talk survivor. Uh, if you're still alive in a survivor pool this week, stuck, where are you going? I would go probably 49ers. So far we haven't seen, you know, there's, COVID issues really haven't been there for them. Kittle back, that really adds an element to their offense. Debo is, is back. As I'm looking at the board right now, looks like the safest, you know, maybe maybe Miami. It's still a division game, so I think it's still kind of dicey anytime you're talking about waiting a year or two kind of below average teams. Uh, Philly, same thing. We'll see what happens with Washington COVID. Um, what about Arizona um, against Detroit? Is that is, are you, Would you still go uh, San Fran over Arizona? Sure. I could you could use that. I think San Fran has the Texans next, so you could use Arizona here. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it could be a sleepy spot. Whereas I think San Fran is kind of more going to be more motivated. But at the same time, we've seen San Francisco kind of mess these things up at home and as a favorite in the past. So yeah, I think I think Arizona is my number one. San Francisco number two. Dallas, I don't want to touch. Um, just division game on the road. Uh, Philly, I'd feel okay about, and then yeah, Miami, I'd feel okay about T- Buffalo, another team probably don't want to touch there. I-, I like the total in that game better than trying to, you know, just if, you know, who knows what's going on with Josh Allen, uh, it's another one that seems a little more risky. Look, if you're still alive, you're, you're probably doing well enough on your own, but if you need specific advice about who you have left, there's only probably a couple of you left, just reach out, DM, uh, shoot us a tweet and we'll answer it. Yes, sir. All right. That wraps it up for the week 15 Action Network Podcast Part 1. Again, tune in for the second episode that will be dropping on Friday. You can also follow all of our picks on the award-winning Action Network app. Just search for the Sunday Six Pack in the follow feature. You can find Stuck on Twitter, at Stucky2. You can find me, at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles in the app. ActionNetwork.com has all our betting content, breakdowns. Until Friday, let's get this money. Fuck overtime.